welcome to the damn good dog cast obviously i am your host robert reynolds got a lot in store today a lot in store gonna start right now right off the bat tyke smith transfer from west virginia all american i think 13 has committed to georgia and i cannot be more excited because of the lack of experience in our secondary right so we're going to talk about what he brings to Georgia. Also going to talk about the spring uh, scrimmage that happened Saturday. So there's a lot going on there. So we've got a lot to talk about. Going to uh, break it down right now. So we're going to start with Tyke Smith. Great pickup. Great pickup. And I think you look at uh, Coach Day, and, you know, the writing was on the wall uh, once he, uh, de- you know, once he decommitted from West Virginia. Um, that there was that good chance that uh, we were going to land him. Now, at one point, I had thought that, you know, maybe we go until after spring practices were done, um, you know, but then, you know, Tyke Smith, you don't let that kid go. Like He was a All-American. I think it was maybe 13, like I said. You don't let him go if you can get him, right? And we've got, I think, multiple spots to get him. So there's no reason not to, you know, pick him up, right? There's no reason not to pick him up. So with that, I think you really have to look into the fact that, you know, our secondary needed some help, right? I think you look at, you know, uh, when it comes to experience, right? I think you have, you have um, Chris Smith that didn't even really play a lot. And, and honestly, Lewis seen, I think may have been your guy with the most experience right there at safety position, but now that you have Tyke in the fold, I think you really look at, you know, Tyke could play the star, which obviously I've, I've said it before. That's the most important position in the secondary. There's no question about it. You just have to be able to do everything. You have to know the playbook. And, and honestly, star position, you have it comes with having experience. So I, I could see him playing either the star or safety. That's what you're hearing. That's what I'm hearing being projected here. But nonetheless, I, I genuinely think that Georgia got a major boost in the secondary. There's no question about that. Now, depending on the situation, there may be a chance we add somebody else, right? And honestly, with the way things are going and how inexperienced we are currently, I'm okay with that. I, I want Ringo. I want Kimber. You know, I want these guys to get that experience. But remember, guys, September 4th is coming up quick. And with that, you have to really look into the fact that, you know, Justin Ross and, and that receiving core with DJ, right, uh, up in Clemson there, right, they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem. Now, fortunately, Georgia has a very stacked defensive line uh, and good linebacking core, right? So I think our front seven is is very good. But that still means that you have to get your secondary squared away. You can't rely on your uh, front seven to get – uh, attack or, you know, get blitzed uh, or, you know, get sacks every play. So your, your secondary is going to have to come in. And I think Tyke brings that. You you have to have that experience, especially in a big game with the, you know, with the stakes being as high as they are to start the season. You literally look at a national title potential game to start the season. And I love that, right? I love seeing those high stakes games early in the season. You've seen Kirby since he's come in. He likes to get these home and homes and he likes to get these big name games, right? Uh, recently, 
Now, I'm not a big fan of this one. I think you could have went better, but, you know, who's to say, you know, the reason why. Uh, Georgia announced a home-and-home, I want to say 26-27 seasons, uh, Louisville. Now, at the end of the day, I'm kind of I'm kind of mixed feelings about it. I, I think I look at it this way. I think you look at Louisville as being a power five. That's fair, but they're not the best power five. You could you could do better, right? You could do better. Uh, obviously, 2026 and 2027 seasons are far far away, so things could change. However, right now, looking on paper, it doesn't look that enticing, but it also shows you the trend of not signing up for these, you know, D2 schools or these very mid-major schools, right? Georgia's not trying to deal with that. And and, and I think that's the way the college game is going. I think you're going to have to, right? You, it feels like, I don't know, maybe this is some Georgia bias here, but, you know, Kirby started doing that. You have the Oklahoma, you have the Ohio State home-and-home uh, home series. You know, you see those. You got Clemson again later on down the road. So you see these huge marquee matchups. Uh, and, and then you kind of start to see other teams follow suit, right? You start to see Bama taking over and doing those things. And, and I think that's, like I said, that's just the way college football is going. Um, but at the end of the day, I really think you have to look at it this way. The four-team playoff is just not going to cut it. It's just won't, it just won't cut it. You have to expand. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to advocate for expansion. I think you have to do it to eight. I think at least eight, um, especially if those things start to fall into place. It, you know how stupid it would sound to put, you know, like if you have Clemson and and Georgia playing or Ohio State and Georgia playing, in, you know, in the future. And because you lose that game, you put in a team that really doesn't play that, you know, tough of a schedule. You put them in in that technic in that fourth spot. Right. It just doesn't make sense to me. I think you have to expand because that gives some leeway for these teams that are playing difficult marquee out of conference matchups. It gives them, you know, a reason to do that and still be optimistic about playing in the, uh, in the playoffs. Right. Also you get good matchups. I think you can get good matchups with an eight, uh, eight, uh, eight, uh, 18 playoff schedule. Sorry about that. I think you can do that. Now, I, I genuinely am concerned about the number one versus the number eight kind of that kind of seating. Right. But nonetheless, I, you know, I think you figure out a way to do it, you know, to where you can get some good matchups throughout. Right. I think you look at your, you know, you do your maybe your five, six play or your no, you saw your five and eight play six and seven play. Boom, boom, boom. And then they get spread out to your ones, twos and threes and fours, whatever the case may be. Maybe that's how they do it. Now, obviously, I'm not a guy from the NCAA. So I can't just make this shit up and make it happen. I'd love to. Don't get me wrong. I would love to, but I can't. <laughs> I'm just one guy, right? I'm just a fan here, you know? Uh, but I think it would be, I think it would make some good games. Obviously, I think those first two games would be interesting. And then you kind of see what happens. You know, you you get that, you know, one versus maybe a one versus a five or no one versus whatever, right? You do that situation. And I think it makes sense because how many times have we seen just so Georgia alone hit the number five spot, but we knew damn well that they could take on a number four or number three, and they honestly should have been number four, right? And honestly, another thing with the four-team playoff system, you, you you look at it and you're really – you have every other team fighting for that one spot because we've seen Alabama and, – and I'm not knocking it because Alabama's proven it, but Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State are basically shoe-ins. 
more so your shoe-ins are Clemson and Ohio State, just based off of their conference. But you look at, you know, Georgia would be in the, like, for instance, in 2018, 2019, winning the East. And because we lose to Bama in the SEC championship game, we get knocked off. And, and, you know, we shouldn't lose to that. But at the end of the day, when you take Bama as a number one team and you lose to them, depending on how close it is or not, and you still get put in by an Oklahoma team that gets their ass pounded in every game, it, it kind of gets a little frustrating. That's all I'm going to say. Not not knocking Oklahoma, but it's kind of old to watch you get embarrassed every game when you make it in at the four spot. Because we know you're not one of the best, the four best teams, but nonetheless, you made it there, right? You got the, you got it, you got there. You, you're on the stage, and you get demolished by Bama or demolished by Clemson, whatever, whoever the number one team is. Basically, what's going to happen there? Now that's in the past, right? That's in the past. But I think now, looking forward, you know, we'll see what happens. Oklahoma's going to be potent this year, guys. They really are. You know, if if you're not looking into these other teams, you're doing yourself a disservice because you don't know what you're talking. You don't know what you're looking into, right? Because that's a, that's a team that we're more than likely could see in the college football playoffs if we make it there. I think we have to make it there this year. There's, there's too much talent on this team to not make it. We, we you just have to make it. You just have to. So you have to you have to keep a lookout for these teams, right? You have to look out for Oklahoma. You have to keep an eye out for Clemson. We play them September 4th. There's a reason to be looking at Clemson and seeing what they're doing. You have to do that, right? Same with Bama. We have to keep up with Bama every year. Now, we don't play them in the regular season, but, damn, you play them in the SEC championship enough, you kind of want to keep up with them because you have to. It's Bama. It's, It's Clemson. It's Ohio State. It's Oklahoma, right? You have to. Obviously, you don't want to sleep on anybody, but, damn, you sit there. We see what happens. We played Bama twice in SEC championship game, and a backup quarterback knocks us out both times. Well, one being the actual title game, the national title game. Tua comes in and beats us in, in overtime, right? We have to be prepared for everything. And like I said, you have to keep a lookout for teams outside of Georgia. So if you're a fan listening to this and you want to focus on just Georgia, do yourself a favor. And, and you know you can listen to me talk about outside teams. But it never hurts to do your own research about other teams as well. I highly suggest you start doing that. And and you know if even if you're not a, like if you're not into recruiting, everybody knows I'm into recruiting. You know it's it all starts with recruiting. But definitely putting it on the field currently in that previous or in that current year, it's worth looking into. So you know, looking at Clemson, uh, I'm going to have a discussion here uh, later on and later on as things get closer to the season. Uh, I'm gonna bring somebody on that talks uh, that knows Clemson, and we're gonna talk about it. And I can't wait for that. I cannot wait for that. So, with that being said, I know I'm gonna kind of kind of stop for a second and, and explain some things, right? So, if you're if you've been with me since day one, you know that I started off as the GATA podcast. However, it is no longer. I have I have since done a rebrand. It is now the Damn Good Dogcast, as you heard to begin the show. Uh, personal reasons, I think it just it just sounds better, right? It just sounds better. Everybody wants to be. Everybody knows it's good to be a damn good dog, but some people might not know what GATA means. GATA means, right? Everybody knows, or at least if you're a true Georgia fan, you know that's Earth. But he was also Georgia Southern, so you give it. You give the damn good dog cast solely for those Georgia fans, right? That way, there's no there's no question that we know that this 
is a Georgia Bulldogs podcast. So with that being said, also go to damngooddogcast.com. Just launched the website. You can find out every all cool, all cool sorts of things like that. Got a couple uh, partners uh, that I deal with. If you like gaming, I've had Caleb Whitaker on KTG on before. We've talked a little bit. Uh, you can go check him out. Check his uh, gaming profile out on Facebook. Uh, Seven Six Apparel. I'm wearing it right now. I'm wearing it right now. Great quality shirt. I love it. I love it. So you have a link to their profile. Check them out. Uh, also, Field of Streams. I was on there recently. I, I, I talked about some uh, some things for the season, uh, season predictions for Kentucky and Missouri. You'll catch that video there on the, on the page. Also, you'll catch Field of Streams' YouTube channel. Check them out. Subscribe. A lot of new things going on right now with the podcast and everything uh, surrounding it. I can't be happier to do that, to do all this and bring it out to you. Uh, anyone listening, uh, several different platforms. If you if you have a platform, check it out. You can also find it where you can follow, like, subscribe, whatever your platform uh, you know lets you do. So you can find it and do that right there. Uh, currently waiting for Apple Podcasts, but that is soon to be uh, finished up. And once that's the case, uh, I'll have the link there. Um, pretty easy to navigate. And like, if you have a question, comment, concern, there's also a place to reach out and, you know, just give me some criticism about the website. If, if something's hard to navigate or something doesn't make sense, let me know. Just let me know. So I wanted to thank everybody for, you know, following and, and subscribing and listening and downloading the podcast. I know it's been a minute, but at the end of the day, you know, you look at what's been going on behind the scenes to get this going. And like I said, I can't be happier to do that. So Sorry for being so distant with the podcast. Typically, I was on a schedule. But at the end of the day, like I said, I just had to do a rebrand. Um, so with that being said, um, let's get back at it. I know, and I'll even go back over some stuff now that, that I've missed. So obviously, recruiting-wise, we got Jalen Walker, Malachi Starks, which I talked about right before. That was the last episode that I talked about. But Jalen Walker, uh, huge get. Right, huge get out of uh, huge get out of uh, Salisbury, right up the road from me. Right, right up the road from me. Can't be happier about that. Right, you, you, we needed him, so you get him. So you get Malachi Starks, and then a couple of days later, you literally get um, Jordan, uh, not Jordan James. Jordan James is a couple of days after, but right the day before, you get Jalen Walker. Right, so in a matter of a week, you pick up three commits. And they're good ones. So Georgia's on a huge recruiting momentum spree right now. Obviously, we just picked up Tyke that I talked about to begin the show. So, you know, with that being said, th there's so much going on for Georgia right now that it's it's unreal. Uh, we've moved up to uh, to number two with those commitments. Oh, yeah, by the way, we've got a little Aussie culture in the, uh, in the group now. So you're going to have your Australian punter. Um, in the fold as well. So a lot of recruiting momentum, a lot of going on. And, and that's what we needed, right? Uh, Brett Thorson is his name. If you're curious about the punter, uh, like I said, from uh, Australia. So a lot of momentum right now. I'm curious to see how much more, how long, or do we take a little break uh, with the momentum and kind of push it for another time? We'll see. 
but a lot of recruiting talk. Uh, but let's talk more about the the spring game that happened over the weekend on Saturday. Uh, from what I from what I heard, right? And, and if you look on twenty four seven dogs twenty four seven, you know you can read into it and things like that. Uh, but you know you hear about the receiver positions; they look good, right? And you hear about the secondary. Kirby said that they're not where they need to be. That's kind of expected for the cornerbacks, right? For the secondary, we want them to be there, but they're just not. They just that's just because they don't have the experience. Talked about it before. You know, you look at, you know, you look at Lavoisier, uh, take, you know, comes in as athlete, put him as a running back for the start. Then you move him over to DB and it kind of works out. It just kind of works out. So, you know, that looks to be paying off. Right. And that's what we need. Uh, you look at, you know, Keeley have some issues in regards to, you know, blowing a couple of things and that's okay. It's, it's a, it's a scrimmage for one. It's the first scrimmage. Not it's not, you know, we still have a ton of time before things happen. Before, you know, before games really start to count. So, you know, get this out of the way. But these guys need that experience, and this is the only way to do that. So I came in with the expectation that, yeah, I, I could see those guys struggling a little bit, and it happens. But they did have some good moments too. You look at situational, you know, third down, red zone. Most of those guys had, you know, a good uh, a good spot there, you know, good in the situational. So you kind of saw guys flip, right? Some guys between the 20s, right, were doing good. Some guys kind of had falters there, uh, you know, had some mistakes, and then kind of flipped around there. Some guys did good between the 20s. Some guys did bad in the situation. So that's okay. Like I said, it all stems to a lack of experience, and this is the only way we're going to do it. You you have to expect that these guys are going to have some growing pains, and, and that's okay. Right now, it's okay. Now, if it comes September 4th and we got problems like that, then you can kind of start sweating again, right? I get it. For right now, though, it's okay. These guys are practicing. They're practicing hard. You know, they're they're getting reps. You know, all these guys are flip, uh, flipping in and out and flipping in and out. You know, it's just all over the place. But these guys are going 100% balls to the wall. And it's okay to make a couple of mistakes. So, you know, receivers had a good day. D-Rob, impressive. Uh, Adani Mitchell, and Justin Robinson, guys, those two names right there, be on the lookout for those names this year. I'm just saying that. I'm just going to leave it there. Just be on the lookout. Know those names. Adani Mitchell, Justin Robinson. Remember those names. Um, one little quick injury note. Uh, Arian Smith suffered a wrist injury, sprained wrist, so that's okay. Uh, just, you know, it's just, it just seems to be the kind of the, the theme of – spring ball for us, you know, it's just injuries, right? You lose pickings, then Burton kind of goes out for the seat, uh, for the spring, right? So you, Georgia fans are tired of this injury shit, right? And I am too, but things happen. Um, and you just have, and, and the best teams, you know, those national title teams get over it. And, and what I mean by that, it's hard to replace those guys, but you have the, the next man up concept and it, and it comes to fruition, right? And like I said, look at Alabama with Waddle going out, Waddle goes out, Devontae comes in, Matthew steps up into that two, and they don't miss a beat, right? That's what Bama does, and that's why Bama's in the national title contender. Georgia needs to do the same thing. There's so much talent right now at the receiver position, there's no reason why we can't do that with Pickens being out for most of the year, right? Now, I'm, sh- I'm sure he maybe toward the end of the season he does come in and-, and get back on the field. I would like to say that. We'll see how the recovery process goes, but for the most part, you know, you kind of have to look at it as, you know, Jermaine Burton, once he gets off that uh, hyperextended knee, 
you know, once he gets over that injury, Arian Smith with the, you know, with the sprained wrist kind of thing, you know, Justin Robinson and Donnie Mitchell, you know, look at all the depth that we have. Dominic Blaylock, you know, there's so much talent. D Rob, I think D Rob needs to, D Rob needs to have a, a good year. I, he just ne- hasn't put it together. I've, I've backed him up. I just think the system hasn't worked for him. Like the system that he's, since he's been here, this is the perfect time for you to step up and have a good year. This is your shot. This I think it's his last shot, by the way. He's like a super senior. But make it happen, right? You look apparently you you look good in, in uh spring ball. Translate it into September, October, November, right? Translate it to the regular season. There we go. Right? That's what we need to see. Um, you know, other some other quick notes though. I think you look at um, you know, the offensive line. Uh I think Schaefer was sitting out for a little bit. So you had guys like Tate Ratledge. Um, and, and not Schaefer, um, I forgot what his name was, but you had guys like Rattledge and, 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 and Broderick and all those guys getting reps, right. And kind of seeing guys flipping in with the ones, the twos, the threes, whatever the case may be, you know, and Cedric Von Prahn and all those guys trying to battle for center with Warren stuff like that. So, you know, um, you know, well, it was Jamari Sawyer that sat out with some precautionary things. So that kind of, like I said, that kind of opened up the guard play. And like I said, with Tate Ratledge and Schaefer, those guys, you know, battling out, you know, I like to see these battles happen, right? I genuinely do because it makes competition, competition makes you better. But at the end of the day, I also want to find out who our starters are and then get them, you know, get that chemistry going. Because when you come to def- when you come to the defensive front seven that we're about to experience on September 4th, you have to be experienced. You have to be ready. You have to know you have to be on the same page. And that's why the chemistry building throughout the summer is going to be so important. But, uh, you know, some good things right there. Um, you know, you hear, you know, you heard some good things. I think, you know, there is a possibility that you look at Cedric Von Perron being that guy uh, at center, right? I think you got Warren Erickson right now just based off of experience. But I would not put it past Cedric Von Perron making a, making a shot at the starting center. Uh, seems to be doing very well in, in the practices and stuff like that. Um, you know, and honestly, center, you have to be, you have to be the guy that's your, that's your quarterback of the lawn. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I, I think you look at, um, you know, and left tackle, that's the biggest question too, right? Biggest question. And obviously replacing the guys that we lost, uh, you know, big Ben, I think that won't be as big as a problem, but nonetheless, you know, I, I think we really have to make sure that the guys are battling it out on the offensive line and the best guys need to pop, uh, you know, come to the front and, and start. Uh, also, some good news. Obviously, running backs are looking good, too. Uh, Milton uh, Milton and Zeus apparently look really good. So I'm happy to hear about it. I'm happy to hear that because that's something that, you know, we expected to happen. But I, I just want to hear good things about Zeus and I want to hear good things about uh, Cook and the running backs. Uh, you know, before the season, really, you know, before the season, even last year, Kendall Milton, I think is going to be our guy. I think he's going to be the future of our program at the run of that position. But so we need to get him those reps, right? We need to get him more touches on the field uh, during the regular season and this upcoming season, even into the postseason, if we make it there, whatever. But, you know, while Zeus is there, I want to see Zeus get out of those, you know, get out of the mentality of being away from those uh, leg injuries, right? The mentality there is hard to overcome. So the fact that you know you look fat, you look quicker, faster, more comfortable—that's a good sign. 
Uh, I, I just think that, you know, I love Zeus. I love Zeus. But he's he's kind of too one-dimensional. I think we – well, I would say two-dimensional. You need him to be – you need to hit all facets, right? I wish we could use him more in the pass game. Not just pass pro, but actually sit him out in the in the you know in the flats or kind of do what we did uh, with James Cook, cut him in the middle or you know things like that, right? So you look at you look at uh, Kenny McIntosh, kind of that blend, the best blend that and Milton kind of have those best blends of you know the receiving, the pass pro, everything like that. Um, you know that's what I want to see Zeus at, right? Everybody knows for the most part when Zeus is in the when Zeus is on the field, everybody knows it's either a run. Or you know you you have you can su- uh, suck up the play action just because it's you know people have to fear or respect the run for Zeus you know but obviously it's the same thing with James Cook everybody knows it's going to be a pass so that kind of opens up you know defenses to blitz more you know Clemson's going to be looking for that stuff they really will uh, the good teams are going to be looking for that and I'm sure every team will so you know I want our running backs to be multi-dimensional to the point where. When we're on the field, any running backs on the field, you genuinely don't know what to do in in even situationals, uh, right? If third and short, you know, you expect if Zeus comes in there, you're expecting him to go straight in, bam, right? Run it down the middle, run it up and get the first down. We saw what happened with that. Just look at the four, you know, look at the goal line stand. Couldn't get in, right? Even on fourth down, couldn't get in. Teams knew that. So you put in a t- you put in a guy like a Ma- a Milton or a McIntosh, and you genuinely don't know what to expect. You don't expect you can't just hone in on the run. You can't hone in on the pass. Makes it harder for defenses to you know to kind of to read the offense and, and makes your offense more that more potent. So I love our guys, but we I want them to be multidimensional. I want them to you know I want I want James Cook to be able to run between the tackles or run. I just don't think he'll be able to. You get him into space. That's just what he does best. But then you look at uh, Milton. I mean, not Milton, but uh, Zeus. Zeus. I want him to be able to go out in the flats and catch a pass or run a bubble route or whatever the case may be, right? We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I, I'd love for that to happen because that just makes our offense that much better. When you look at Milton, you look at McIntosh, when you have that unpredictability, that's what makes our offense click a little bit better. I'm not knocking Zeus. I'm not knocking James Cook, but that's just the way I saw it. So with that being said, you have to live, you know, you have to have your running backs be able to do all three facets. You have to be able to block, you have to be able to catch and run. And, and a lot of our guys can do that. It's just, you know, you see the better, you see the blend better with Milton and McIntosh than you do, you know, more specialized like Cook and Zeus. But nonetheless, I think it opens up our uh, offense for, you know, that much more diversity with what we do. Uh, you know we're going to pass the ball more, so you know you kind of need those pass pro, right? So at that point, you can throw Zeus in, you can throw Cook in, or whatever the case may be. You you put Cook into this in, into space, right, and put him into the you know maybe cut him into the middle, do an angle route, put him in the middle of the field, right where Darnell would be, just a little bit above the field. Open up those linebackers, find him in the zone, boom, there you go. Kind of what happened with Missouri last year, or you put him you know out in the flats. Or you hell, you put him out, and, and kind of what happened to Bama, right? He just uh, Cook just outruns the linebacker and hits his head on the goalpost for eighty some yard touchdown. It can happen, right? That's the stuff that I want to see, and I can't wait to see. I cannot wait to see that, and I'm ready to see our offense uh, with more chemistry. You know, JT get a full season, you know, 
all things hoping that injuries don't happen. But full season there, you know, and going there, right? Going to, you know, have that experience and just go with it, right? Be able to, you know, JT feel comfortable, sling it, right? Get that chemistry and make these guys proven commodities. I remember I was talking on um, Behind the Hedges um, on the Photo Streams YouTube, and, and one of the things was, you know, I, I mentioned Arian Smith having a breakout year, but he's a, he's technically an unknown commodity. The, the, the thing that, that I have to say to that, though, is the two plays that he had were both huge. One, a 31-yard touchdown. The other one, 50-plus-yard catch. But the chemistry there, you know, you look at the chemistry. JT throws it, but Arian is so fast, he you know, he has to come back to it, right? Maybe that's something that the offseason can provide, you know, timing it, right? Catch Arian in stride because at, once he's in, if once he's past somebody, there's really no catching him, right? You, the throw is what could stop him, basically, right? That's the only way I could see that. Get him into space, lead him in stride, and it's a six all the time if you really wanted to. Where his get his hamstrings sore, run him to death. That's the way to open the ball. You know, that's just how our potent offense can be. How potent our offense can be. You know, but then you look at Jermaine Burton's got the speed as well. Not maybe not as fast as Arian, but he's got speed and he's got good route running abilities. And we saw what he can do when JT came in. Burton exploded, and, and, and in a good way, right? But it also helped open up Pickens. So the real, my in my opinion, or in my take, of this it's going to be real interesting to see how these guys take without Pickens being on the field because everybody knows, all Georgia fans know that Pickens on the field created mismatches for your other receivers. I want to see I want to see what Jermaine Burton can do. I want to see what Kiaris can do without Pickens on the field. How do we expand the uh, the potency of our offense? I, I see that. I see you know uh, Darnell getting a bigger uh, uh, volume. Right? I see him getting more volume. Uh, you know I, I think you have to do that. You know you look at you look at the tight end room. There's so much talent. You look at Brock Bowers, you look at Darnell obviously and Fitzpatrick. All three of those guys are great at what they're doing. Sure, you know, sure, Brock is, you know, a freshman, but there's he, he's still athletic as can be. So utilize your tight ends. You know, there's so much potential at the receiver position. There's so much depth. The tight end position, there's a lot of depth right there. Utilize it, right? And obviously you're not going to get everybody the ball every play. You just can't. But spread the ball around, and it makes our offense that much more potent. And that is what is going to get Georgia a national title. Offense. It used to be in the old days, five years ago, whatever. Defense wins championship. That's, in my opinion, that is no more. Solid defense out of this out of this world offense. That's what gets you national titles. Bama converted. You saw what happened. Historical offense last year, year before that. Joe Burrow and company. There you go. You see, you see the offenses evolving to the point where you have to sit there and have to have a very explosive offense, which is why I said, from the looks of things, Oklahoma is going to be a threat for that. I just think they will. You know, looking at all the things that every all the teams around in the NCAA, the main players, sure they're going to reload, but you know, losing Trevor Lawrence, losing Justin Fields. Losing Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris, those are going to sting. Not saying that they can't bounce back from it because Alabama will bounce back from it. They will be fine. 
Clemson will be fine. They returned all their starters on defense. Ohio State will be fine. Recruiting at the highest level, top two, top you know one in the country, they're going to be fine. That's just what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, you know, once you make it into the playoffs, there you go. It, it's it's game on. You know what I mean? And you have to be ready and you have to understand that. And that's why our defense has got to be key because you can, I mean, or you just have a potent offense and kind of make it feel like a big 12 game, you know, but nobody really, I like to see defense. Now I understand that offense is what drives the, uh, the league this or, you know, the NCAA right now. I get that. It drives college football, but I love seeing defense. too. don't get me wrong. I loved watching the Alabama's, the LSU, the Georgia's, those solid, hard-nosed defenses. I, I just – I get that. That's what I like watching. Uh, you know, a, a true fan, I think, you know, you like to see those low-scoring games because you know how hard it is. It's like a soccer match where one goal can, deti- you know, can decide the game. But that one goal could take all the way up until the 89th minute. But it's it means that much more. And that sounds familiar with what the SEC says. It just means more. Just saying. I love that kind of stuff, but I understand. I like watching the offense. You, ha- you know, I like doing it all. Anyways, get ready for Friday. I want you to stay tuned for Friday's show because there is a special guest from Dog Nation. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil it for you. I want you. To, I want you to sit there from Monday today. I want you to sit there from Monday until Friday when my, when Friday's episode drops. I want you to be worried or not worried. I want you to be anxious about who it could be. So I'm just going to let you think about this. Got a special guest. We're going to have an interview with him. Cannot wait for that interview, by the way. I can't wait for y'all to hear it either. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Also, just kind of just a heads up, looking at multiple interviews throughout the uh, throughout this month. So be prepared for that. But for today, that is all I have, and thanks for listening. On the 27, it's second down and 12. We go wild dog with Sony. Nauta goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left, angling, 25-20. Got a block for Grubb, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Dogs win it. We're headed to Atlanta.